Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody out there in West Georgia, and welcome once again to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. It is the Friday show. It's going to be the best show all week. I've got a jammed, packed show for you. Could go an hour today. I mean, it's going to be a show with a lot of content. Of course, I'm going to break down this SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. I'll talk about the other championship games in college football as well. And I'm going to preview the NFL. And we also have some high school football semifinal matches today in the Chattahoochee Valley. We have got a great show. Stick around. First of all, this show I've gone to five days a week, but starting next week, I'll go back to three days a week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I've had such a big success since I've been doing this podcast for almost two years now. Over 260 episodes, and it's because of you, the fans, that have listened to my podcast and downloaded it. And I love the content you've been putting on my Facebook page, and I've had Twitter polls. You guys have been so supportive in answering that. And this podcast has really led to success in broadcasting. I've lived in Columbus since 2015. I didn't really get on the broadcasting scene until late 2019 when I was a guest on 95.7 ESPN Radio in January of 2020. And that spearheaded this podcast. Once I was on the radio station in Columbus, it gave me credibility, and that is why I decided to do a podcast, because I just love being on the radio talking sports. However, the pandemic happened, and the local radio station shut down. They do not have local radio programming anymore. They do call high school football games, which is great. They're going to be calling the Carver Cedartown game tonight at Memorial Stadium. I will preview that game as well. But this is the reason why you're listening to my podcast, right? You want to hear all the insight I have on the SEC championship game, which I've been covering all week. I've been breaking down this game. And first of all, if you take the name off both teams and switch them, if Alabama's coming in the dominant team undefeated that has beaten everybody in their path, they haven't been challenged, and they've been averaging 6.7 points a game on defense, Alabama would be a two-touchdown favorite. But that's not the case. Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite because Alabama is Alabama, and Nick Saban is the greatest head coach in all of college football. I'm talking all time. Even better than Bear Bryant. Even better than Bobby Bowden. Steve Spurrier. Everybody. Nick Saban is the greatest. But this year is different. For the first time, Nick Saban has got an assistant. Kirby Smart was an assistant for Nick Saban for nine years. And Kirby Smart has been Nick Saban's best, most successful assistant since he took over Georgia in 2016. This is what Georgia has accomplished since Kirby Smart has been the head coach. They have reached the SEC championship game three years in a row. They have reached the national title game in 2018. That was the first time they've done that since 1982. Georgia has had an undefeated regular season and an undefeated conference record for the first time since 1982. This defense has given up less points than any other team in college football in the last 20 years. Now, this is why 
the narrative is this game is going to be a little bit closer than people think. Because Georgia's coming into this game, and Alabama is the best offense that they're going to face all year. And Georgia's offense is facing the best defense that they're going to face all year. And I've watched Alabama games. I've seen Arkansas move the ball in Alabama. I've seen Auburn struggle against Alabama on offense, but their defense was just incredible. And, of course, Georgia's going to be watching tape of that game. But I've seen the common opponents give Alabama a close game, and I've seen Georgia blow these teams out. But Bama is Bama. Nick Saban will have a game plan and will be ready for Georgia. But I think the difference between this Georgia team and the Georgia teams that given up the double-digit leads in championship games in the past, Georgia now has a running back tandem that is four deep. I've never seen so much depth on the offensive side of the football and on the defensive side of the football. And they have a special tight end, Brock Bowers who is a freshman, should have won the Mackey Award because he is the best tight end in football. And they have Darnell Washington. They're going to do a lot of double tight end sets. They're also going to keep an eye on Will Anderson. Will Anderson is a beast on the Alabama defense. He's had 25 tackles for loss this season, 13 and a half sacks. Will Anderson could completely turn this game around. What has hurt Georgia in the past, and I was actually going back to the 2018 National Championship game when they had the ball with a 20 to 7 lead and Jake Fromm threw an interception to Rickwan Davis but it was gut-wrenching because Georgia could have put them away in the 2018 SEC Championship game Georgia had many times multiple times they could have put Alabama away and failed to do so even in the game last year where Alabama were head and shoulders better than everybody else Georgia had an opportunity to put Alabama away. 23 seconds to go in the first half. And what do they do? They allow Alabama to get into field goal range, spike the ball with one second. And then Alabama's kicker, Will Reichert, kicks a 52-yard field goal. And it's 24-20 at the half. Remember, Georgia had the ball to start the second half. They get all the way inside to Alabama territory. They could not get the job done. They had to punt the ball away to Alabama. Well, Stetson Bennett threw three interceptions in that game. Stetson Bennett has got to be better against Alabama. This is going to be the game of his life. He could be the X factor in this game. If Stetson Bennett is the Stetson Bennett that he's been all season, I think Georgia's going to win this game. But if Stetson Bennett makes mistakes, if he throws the big pick, and if Alabama ends up getting the momentum flipped back to them, I think Alabama has a shot to win this game. Now, this is practically going to be a home game for Georgia. Usually, these SEC championship games in Atlanta, it's usually 60-40 Georgia fans, and that's because we're in Georgia. I mean, Georgia's going to buy up all the tickets, but there's still going to be a lot of Alabama fans. This is Georgia's year. I've been listening to the Paul Feinbaum show. I've been listening to Josh Pate. I've been listening to Brandon Adams. I've been listening to all these podcasts that have been talking about this game. And all the experts believe that Georgia should win this game. But the skeptical fan that has watched Georgia and Alabama all the way back to the 2012 SEC championship game thinks that Georgia could possibly blow this game again. Let's hope not. But the difference between Georgia this year and those Georgias in the previous years. And it was crazy. I was watching even the 2015 game where Georgia was favored by a, a couple points in Athens and Alabama just had a much better team. Grayson Lambert could not throw the football. 
But let's go back to the 2012 SEC Championship game because I remember Georgia takes the 21-10 lead off that blocked field goal attempt, and then you just woke up the sleeping giant. I remember Alabama running the football with Eddie Lacy. They had like over 250 yards rushing in that game. Eddie Lacy was a beast. Last year's game, Najee Harris, 150 yards. The way that Alabama was able to run the football against Georgia to come back into these games was the reason why Alabama beat Georgia in the past. And Alabama was the better team. They were favored. Even in the national championship game, when Alabama sneaked back into the college football playoff, Alabama was favored. Not by much, but they were favored in the national championship game. But Alabama was able to win those games because they ran the football. And when it mattered the most, their star quarterback, whether it was Jalen Hurts or Tua, made the big play. I've been watching these games. The national championship game in 2018, they had stars at wide receiver. Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith were only freshmen. They're both in the NFL. Calvin Ridley was on that team. He got the game-tying touchdown in the national championship. You also had Henry Ruggs. Jalen Waddell uh, was a freshman later. But So you have all these wide receivers that were selected in the first round. All these wide receivers that Alabama had have been selected in the first round. Last year, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. The first Heisman Trophy wide receiver since Desmond Howard. The previous year, you have Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. So Alabama has put four wide receivers in the NFL. Now this year, Jamison Williams, he was a transfer from Ohio State. He's a junior. I was looking at his stats from Ohio State. He didn't really get into the offense for the Buckeyes. Justin Fields actually liked Chris Olave a lot better. And he didn't really play much. But Jamison Williams has really elevated his draft stock. He will probably be a first-round draft pick for the Crimson Tide. John Minchie, he had some big catches last year, including the first score against Georgia. John Minchie, I actually think he could still be a first-round wide receiver, maybe a second-rounder. But Alabama is not deep at wide receiver. And they're definitely not deep at running back. Brian Robinson is questionable to play. That means the Alabama Crimson Tide will have to rely on Trey Sanders. Both running backs are averaging less than five yards a carry. This is unheard of because Najee Harris averages like more than five yards a carry. They don't have Najee Harris. They don't have Damian Harris. They don't have Josh Jacobs. These were the running backs that beat Georgia a couple of years ago in the national championship and in the SEC title game. We know the narrative. We know that Kirby Smart has had a lead on Nick Saban the last three times that he has faced him. I can't stress enough how Georgia has to score in all four quarters. They have to close this game out. Do they have the pieces to do it? I actually think they have a lot more depth than previous Georgia teams. And on paper, and they don't play this game on paper, you know, any team can beat anybody on any given Saturday. On paper, yes, Georgia has the better team. Now let's say there's a scenario where Georgia loses to Alabama close. I feel confident If you gave Georgia another crack at Alabama, that Georgia can get it done. The previous years, especially the 2018 SEC title game, when Georgia had a case to get back into the college football playoff, because clearly those were the two best teams that year, I would have liked to seen it because I thought that Georgia could probably win the rematch. This is going to be a very different SEC championship. And you have Stetson Bennett, who is a much different quarterback than Jake Fromm. I really, I watched those games. Wide receivers were dropping balls. Jake Fromm was not throwing the ball where he needed to. Stetson Bennett's a better runner than Jake Fromm. If Stetson Bennett gets in trouble where he cannot thread the needle, he's going to take off running. Is Bama physical enough on defense to stop Georgia when Georgia moves the ball? 
That's going to be another key matchup. Yes, Will Anderson is great, but who else on Alabama's defense is great? They don't have Patrick Sertain. I remember Patrick Sertain matched up against George Pickens last year. Patrick Sertain was one of the best cornerbacks Alabama's ever had. They don't have that guy this year. A lot of no-name players on Alabama's defense, but they could be known in this game. They could step up. You could have a Josh Joby step up. So it's time for my prediction because I'm going to – I'm going to predict the score. I think Georgia comes out and takes a 7-0 lead. And I also think on the first possession of Alabama, Georgia's going to get them three and out. They're going to stuff Alabama. And Alabama's going to make some adjustments. Alabama is going to stop Georgia on several plays. Georgia could drive the football, flip the field position. I think the first couple of possessions, Alabama's not going to get a touchdown on Georgia. I think it might be 7-3. I think it might be 7-6. This is going to be like a 10-6 game going into halftime. It's going to be a defensive struggle between these two teams. Then, I'm just hoping, either Georgia or either Alabama is going to try to break it open. They're going to try to get a big play downfield. If that's the case, it could flip the momentum of this game. Let's say Alabama has a lead. Can Georgia come from behind and beat Alabama? I don't think Alabama is going to blow Georgia out because Georgia's defense is so strong that they will stop the run. But Bryce Young is the best quarterback George is going to face all year. Is he the best quarterback in college football? This could be Bryce Young's Heisman moment. Bryce Young just has the game of his life. He's already won the Heisman. He will be a legend in Alabama. The experts are saying if Georgia can't beat Alabama this year, when are they going to be able to beat Alabama? Nick Saban is 70 years old. Kirby Smart is 45. If you do the math here, Kirby Smart is going to be at Georgia for a very, very long time. Georgia, again, has a top-five recruiting class for 2022. And, of course, I will get into National Signing Day on next week's shows because National Signing Day is December the 15th. I'm going to say this is going to be a much closer game than anticipated, and Georgia wins it on a field goal at the last minute, 23-20. to I think the experts are going to be excited about this game because, in their mind, this would be the two best teams in all of college football. And Alabama will have an opportunity to get into the college football playoff because chaos could ensue. Although the the noon game between Oklahoma State and Baylor could tell the tale. I'm going to preview all the championship games This weekend, I know I put all my effort and energy onto Georgia and Alabama, and rightfully so, because I'm doing a podcast in Georgia. But we're going to start with the Conference USA Championship. Western Kentucky taking on UTSA. UTSA has had a very special season. They did lose to North Texas. I remember when they stood this football program up, Larry Coker was their first coach. That game's going to be on the CBS Sports Network. And then you have... Oregon taking on Utah in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game. The winner, more than likely going to face Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Oregon already lost to Utah. Utah is favored by two and a half points. This is going to be Oregon's moment to try to get some payback to win that game because the loser of this game is not going to New Year's Six game. Then Saturday, this will tell the tale for the college football playoff. Baylor taking on Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State beats Baylor, that will be two top 10 wins in the last two contests. This is a rematch when Oklahoma State beat Baylor 24-14 on the 2nd of October. And Baylor comes in here two losses. I don't think Baylor is going to get into the college football playoff with two losses. 
but they you can make an argument a two loss conference champion would be better than a two loss non conference champion so that could play in if there is chaos but it's going to be a good game i'm going to watch that game that's going to be at noon you know just watching that game for anticipation for the sec championship game which i am calling a basketball game at the same time as the sec championship game no worries russell county's playing central i'll have the game on my phone i'm going to keep an eye on the game and I might even announce the score during the game if nobody's recording it. So we have the MAC championship. You know, these teams, I really could care less about them. They all they all play on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. But Kent State, Northern Illinois. Then the Mountain West Championship, you got Utah State and San Diego State. Is San Diego State the best team in college football in the state of California? So the mindset in California is that they don't care about college football. San Diego State does not have a professional team since the Chargers left for L.A. So rooting for them. Hope the Aztecs can do well. Then you have the Sun Belt Championship game. Louisiana, without head coach Billy Napier, will take on Appalachian State. And then right at the same time as the SEC title game, you got Houston and Cincinnati. I'll be keeping an eye on that game as well because... That could also determine who gets into the college football playoff. If Houston wins, Cincinnati's out. But Cincinnati is favored by 10.5. And, and more than likely, they have punched their ticket into the college football playoff. The Big Ten Championship game. Another game, if Iowa wins, Michigan is out. I don't think Iowa can get in as a two-loss conference champion. But Michigan will play Iowa. you got Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Both teams 10-2. and two. Pittsburgh is ranked 15th. Wake Forest is ranked 16th. The winner of this game will play in the Peach Bowl. And then on FS1 at 11 o'clock at night, I will not stay up for this one, USC and Cal. Both teams are 4-7, and seven, so there is no bowl implications. So in college football, we all know that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU. But Notre Dame has a new head coach. It's defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. This is a good hire because Marcus Freeman is a rising star, 35 years old. He led that Notre Dame defense. I know only in one season he was coaching at Cincinnati as an assistant the previous years, but all the staff members are going to be coming back. He's going to be the coach if Notre Dame is considered for the college football playoff, but Notre Dame will more likely get a New Year's Six game. So good luck to him. I think he is going to be a rising star. Uh, Tommy Reese, that talented offensive coordinator, brilliant play calling. I love it when these young coaches get a shot. I know that Lane Kiffin, when he was 31 years old, was hired by the Oakland Raiders. And that might have been too little too soon for Lane Kiffin because he is such a brilliant coach just 10 years ago. Not so sure about that. All right, we got a big game tonight at the Lumpkin Center. The Columbus State Cougars going to be taking on Tuskegee University. Then they will turn around and have another game tomorrow as well and that game will start at noon as they will take on miles college who's ranked 25th in the latest ncaa division two poll and you can catch both of those games on 88.3 and cougar sports tv as scotty miller will be providing the play-by-play looking forward to those games looking forward to the river dragons they lost a game to the port huron prowlers last night They've struggled as of late. Hopefully, the Columbus River Dragons will have a better showing, but they have looked pretty impressive at times. Columbus River Dragons are back home tonight, but I got the schedule wrong a little bit. Uh, They will take on the Port Huron Prowlers. 
at the Columbus Civic. Are you kidding me? At the Columbus Civic Center tonight, and you can get your tickets now. And that's going to be a good game for the Columbus River Dragons. We do have some high school football as the Carver Tigers in the semifinals for the first time since 2010 will be taking on Cedartown at Memorial Stadium. And you can listen to the play-by-play from Carlos Williams. He will be on 95.7 ESPN Radio. He's a great guy. I have worked with Carlos Williams. We have done a radio show together when I was a guest host on 95.7. And he is what you would call the subject matter expert when it comes to everything local in Columbus. So I know he does a great job with the play-by-play So good luck to the Carver Tigers as they try to punch their ticket to the state title game next week. The Callaway Cavaliers will travel to Thomasville to take on the Thomasville High School team. And Callaway is trying to duplicate their state title from last year. They won a double-A state title in Atlanta when they beat Fitzgerald, their first ever state title. And they've had a lot of success in the last six years in the playoffs, so good luck to Callaway. We didn't really have a whole lot of teams left in high school. I know on Fridays I do my high school show, but high school football is winding down, and now we're starting to see high school basketball. And I will try to get all the local teams as much as I can. I know that there is a big game that I am calling this Saturday as Russell County will take on the Red Devils of Central. It's their crosstown rival there in Phoenix City. Of course, Phoenix City is the seat of Russell County. Russell County is just outside of Phoenix City in Seal, Alabama. I always love making that trip. They are really passionate about football and now basketball. So good luck to the Russell County Warriors. And hopefully they can have a good showing. Congratulations to the St. Anne Pacelli Lady Vikings for making it into the semifinals for girls flag football. This thing is catching on. And I know they had a big game yesterday at DeMille Field on the campus of St. Anne Pacelli. And they have a very rabid fan base because they do have a very talented football team on the men's side. But the Lady Vikings had a very good showing as well. So last night we did have a Thursday night football game. I did preview it. So last night we did have a Thursday night football game. The Dallas Cowboys get the victory over the New Orleans Saints, 27-17. The Cowboys are back on track. And Tony Pollard had seven carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Dak Prescott did not have his greatest game. And CeeDee Lamb was welcomed back into the lineup. The story was Taysom Hill was starting in place of Trevor Simeon, and he threw four interceptions. He's not the guy in New Orleans. I don't know why they gave him that big, giant contract. Yes, he is a very good offensive focal point, 11 carries for 101 yards. They did not have Alvin Kamara, but the Saints have really damaged their playoff chances. They're now 5-7, and and they are on the outskirts, and it's going to take some wins and some help from other teams losing to get back into the playoff picture. All right, it's time for that part of the show where I preview all the games in the National Football League for Week 13. Your Atlanta Falcons will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers will not have Antonio Brown, who's been suspended for three games, for violating COVID protocol, which 
clearly means he had a fake vaccination card. But Atlanta coming into this game, 5-6. and six. The big X factor is going to be Cordell Patterson. Can the Falcons move the ball on the Buccaneers' defense? We all know what Tom Brady is capable of doing. We all know that Atlanta's home field at the Benz is not much of a home field advantage, and especially a 1 o'clock kickoff if the fans don't get in there quick and make it hard for Tom Brady, he could shred that Falcons defense. He's already done it in Tampa, and there is a reason why the Buccaneers are favored by 11 points. I don't think that the Buccaneers are going to win by 11 points. I think the Falcons cover, and I'm not sure why this line hasn't gone down, because this looks like a bet if you are a betting person, that you would take the Buccaneers in this situation. I don't think the Falcons are going to win. I think that Tom Brady has owned the Falcons, and we all know why. It's just a bad combination. And this is a bad matchup for the Falcons. The Buccaneers want to run the football with Leonard Fournette. Tom Brady has still got weapons. Gronk, I don't know what's happening with him. He what he retired, and then he came back. And now he's Brady's favorite target. That's how it usually is. And I think Tom Brady gets the win here. But the Falcons cover. The season's not done for the Falcons. If they lose this game, they're not out of the playoff picture just yet. Because they have the struggling Panthers. Then they take on the 49ers. They got the Lions. They got the struggling Saints. I'm looking at their schedule And they have a lot of winnable games. So we shall see. I know all the effort and energy is going to be on the SEC Championship. But let's not forget about the Atlanta Falcons. They do have a very important game at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Chicago Bears. The Bears who got a victory over the Lions on Thanksgiving. A couple of extra days to prepare for this game. Matt Nagy just saved his job for another week. But the Cardinals are 9-2. and two. They should be getting Kyler Murray back. And they are the best team in the NFC. And they just want to continue to try to get that number one seed. And I think the Cardinals get the victory here. You got the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Who would have thought? that this would be a key matchup when it comes to the playoffs. The Bengals have surprised everybody in the league with a 7-4 record. The Los Angeles Chargers, 6-5. And And the Bengals should probably get the victory here, although I really like the quarterback matchup. Joe Burrow going up against Justin Herbert. It's going to be just fun to see those two quarterbacks going at it. The Minnesota Vikings right now on the outskirts looking in when it comes to the playoffs, taking on the lowly Detroit Lions. Now, this is a divisional game. It's played in Detroit. Detroit does play tough, but the key matchup is that the Vikings can run with, I think Dalvin Cook is, uh, is he playing in this game? Yeah, Dalvin Cook is questionable. You know, the Vikings actually gave up a huge opportunity by not beating the 49ers last week, and Kirk Cousins should be able to bounce back and get this victory because every game counts if the Vikings want to get into the playoffs. And how many more years are Vikings fans going to be patient with Mike Zimmer? I mean, they've had opportunities, and this is a huge opportunity for the Vikings to get back into the playoff consideration. The Giants playing the Miami Dolphins on a short week. The Dolphins are one of the hottest teams in all of football. They have won four straight, including a win over the Ravens. They beat the Panthers last week. It's two of the guy. They do have a good team, a good head coaching performance by Brian Flores, but is two of the guy in Miami. Don't look now, but the Miami Dolphins look like a team that could possibly sneak into the playoffs, but they are playing hot at the right time. The Giants, they're going to be without their starter, Daniel Jones. 
They picked up former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. He's going to be in a backup role, but the Giants will have Mike Glennon starting in this game. And it's in Miami, so I think Miami wins. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Jets. The Jets did get the victory last week over the Texans. It's in New York, so it's a very tricky game. But the Eagles actually have a very decent defense. Jalen Hurts makes just enough plays. And I think the Eagles do get the victory here. They are a seven-point favorite. But you just never know with the New York Jets. I mean, I know I'm not a fan of their coaching staff, but Zach Wilson can make plays. He does have a very good arm. He just can't make the big mistake. The Indianapolis Colts, who really should have won that game against the Buccaneers last week, they will take on the Houston Texans. They are favored by 10. It's in Houston. Doesn't matter. Tyrod Taylor, I know he's already beaten the Titans. This could be a trap game for Indy as they might overlook the Texans. But Indy right now would be the seventh seed if the regular season ended today. So I think Indy gets the win here. Carson Wentz has just got to make sure he doesn't make mistakes. Jonathan Taylor is starting to be the best running back in all of football. And I should have grabbed him on my fantasy team. That one day, he had five touchdowns. That was amazing. The Washington football team, who got a big Monday night victory over the Seattle Seahawks, playing on a short week, have to travel all the way to the West Coast to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are favored by one. The Washington football team currently has the seventh seed in the playoffs because they own the tiebreaker with the Falcons. But Las Vegas, they're topsy-turvy. One minute, they're great, and the next minute, they're not so great. They beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They'll lose to the Bears because they'll just be unprepared. The Las Vegas Raiders should win this game, but you just never know with the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke is starting to look like a good quarterback. All right, so this is the matchup I really want to see. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who've lost to the Falcons and the 49ers their last two games, because I paid attention to them, are taking on the L.A. Rams at SoFi Stadium. The Rams are favored by 13, but the Rams are 0-3 since acquiring Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller. This has got to be a bounce-back game for the Rams. they got to get this win, and they got to get a convincing win. They cannot let Jacksonville come into this game thinking that Jacksonville can win this game because the Rams have struggled. They're currently the 5 seed, and the 49ers have the tiebreaker with the Rams. So this is a must-win game for the Rams. You got the Ravens taking on the Steelers. The Steelers have struggled as of late. The Baltimore Ravens, 8-3. and three. They have the best record in the AFC. And even though this is a rivalry game, anything could happen. But Baltimore does have the much better team. And if Ben Roethlisberger does not play well, I don't see a scenario where the Steelers win this game, even though it's in Pittsburgh. But it's a rivalry game. It could go either way. And then the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks. This is a rivalry game that it doesn't matter what the records are. Both teams hate each other. The 49ers are 6-5 and five after an impressive victory last week over the Minnesota Vikings. They have won three straight. And the San Francisco 49ers are the hottest team coming into this game. The Seattle Seahawks are one of... The worst teams coming into this game. They have lost three straight. They're 0-3 since Russell Wilson returned to the lineup. They will not have Chris Carson in this game. And Alex Collins is questionable. If Seattle cannot run the football, they're going to have to rely on Russell Wilson to make plays. Yes, the 49ers will not have Debo Samuel. They will not have Dre Greenlaw. And they will not have Fred Warner for this game. It's going to make a big difference. But can Jimmy Garoppolo take advantage of a depleted secondary for the Seahawks, and can the 49ers, which this game is not going to be a home field advantage for Seattle because it got moved into the afternoon slot, so the fans aren't going to be as rowdy, 
And I don't think that matters when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. If the 49ers can run the football with Elijah Mitchell and get George Kittle into the passing game, I think the 49ers win this game. But it is a rivalry game, and Seattle is desperate. They're 3-8. and eight. I don't think the Seattle is going to give up on the season just yet. I think Seattle has a fight in them, and Russell Wilson can get back to his old self. The Sunday night game, which is now is starting to become a very intriguing game, with the Denver Broncos at 6-5, and five, and their defense actually looks better since Von Miller left the team. They're 2-1 and one since Von Miller left. Taking on Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are back. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. This is going to be a good game. Chiefs are favored by 9.5. And, and then the Sunday night game, which could determine the AFC East. The New England Patriots, who currently have a half-game lead on the Buffalo Bills, taking on the Bills in Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by two and a half. That's going to be probably the best Monday night football game that we're going to see for a while. I know that some of these Monday night football games that have been boring, a lot of fans have been switching over to the Peyton and Eli broadcast because it's funny. They got great guests on. But this is going to be one of those games where I don't really want to watch the Peyton and Eli broadcast because I actually want to watch, I really want to watch the real announcers call the game. So that's here. So that's there. As you know on this show, and I'm trying to break records here. I talk about just about everything on this show. Of course, I talk about the NBA. The Atlanta Hawks will take on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Last night in the association, you had the Phoenix Suns rolling. They're still the best team in the NBA. You got the Chicago Bulls beating the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. And then the Memphis Grizzlies, 152-79. to That is the largest margin of victory in NBA history. A 73-point game as Jaron Jackson was the leading scorer for the Grizzlies. I w- When I saw that, I was just baffled. Yeah, g- the Grizzlies don't have John Morant. I don't know how long John Morant's going to be out. That's just incredible that that happened. And then tonight, in a move by ESPN, they decided to move the Suns and Warriors game to the national broadcast. They flexed out the Clippers and Lakers for the Suns and Warriors. What does that tell you? It tells you that that is the better game. And I don't care if LeBron is playing for the Lakers. The Clippers are bad, and the Lakers are bad. That was the right move by ESPN. I'm starting to get LeBron fatigued. I just don't understand this guy. Yes, he is one of the greatest players in the NBA of all time, but if he doesn't get his way, he gets a coach fired. If he doesn't like a player, he sends him out of town. I just don't like the fact that LeBron James can dictate whatever he wants and He doesn't really need a GM because he's been the GM. It really was sick to my stomach when he tried to get all the superstars in Miami. I was okay with him going back to Cleveland because I wanted to see him win a title for Cleveland. That was a good story for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But coming to the Lakers, the team that I actually hate the most because I'm a Warriors and Kings fan, and then the Anthony Davis trade, he didn't want to play with Lonzo Ball. He didn't want to play with Brandon Ingram. He doesn't want to play with Kyle Kuzma. He doesn't want to play with any of these young stars that don't fit his agenda. And that just makes me mad that he just runs players out like Montrez Harrell and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. What is Russell Wilson doing that's so great for the Lakers? That's my rant for the Lakers for the day. I'm telling you. Boy, I tell you, LeBron just gets me wild up. Well, that is all the time I have on the show. Yeah, we went through the show like hot butter on a knife. I tell you, as I grow this podcast, I really want to get more involved and get some Facebook Live shows. Those shows are the most watched shows. Not a whole lot of you are downloading my podcast because you may not have uh, data to store the podcast on your phone, but I know you've been listening to me. And the reason why I know this is because you've been clicking on the stories every time I post something on my Facebook and Twitter. 
So thank you for listening to me. I know the numbers don't show it on the metrics, but I know you're listening to me. And make sure you listen to me on Monday because that is going to be a crazy show where I recap the SEC championship game. Maybe it's a Georgia win. Maybe it's a Bama win. I know where the narrative is going to go. Depends on who wins that game. So stay tuned for that. And thank you once again. I will talk to you all Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy all the games this weekend. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.